I'm here with Dave Phillips, and we are at the Lausanne Underground Film and Music Festival. This is the first of these interviews I'm doing now, so lucky you, Dave. <laughs> well, lucky me to be here. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're always here, as I understand it. In this room with you, talking to you, and, and, and nobody being at this festival. This. I've been here <laughs> for many years, yeah, yeah. I've come every year since. Yeah, I have to assume you've performed here. Yeah, only twice. First time in 2005. Okay. Second time, 2009. And they just keep inviting me back. And nowadays I just, you know, I say I'm part of the furniture here. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a wonderful festival so far. It's amazing. Yeah. 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 The people do it for all the right reasons. Yeah. Well, it's all volunteer run is my understanding. Or a primarily. Lot of it is. There's a, lot a few of it positions is. now. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure exactly of the whole financial side of yeah. it. Yeah. But uh, they generate a, a good amount of funding and... Uh, but they they work a lot with volunteer works and they host artists in in people's homes just who they ask around to yeah. to host and uh, yeah and yeah the people who book the music they they do it because they're passionate right. and you can still see that this is the twenty first edition yeah and still it's mostly stuff no one has ever heard of well it's thanks. lots of unknown thanks. stuff <laughs> you know, I mean you know. No, no, you know, it's true. The the lineup, I'm, I only know a few and it's the American, yeah. so I'm getting exposed to a lot of new artists right, and stuff here, right. some of which I've enjoyed very much. And they, there's obviously a lot of care in it in not only the artists they select, but the people who they have volunteer here like, yeah. or who are working here, like the sound technicians. And, you know, they're obviously very good, very competent and do a wonderful job. The type of uh, PA they bring in, which is just absurd. For a, a room <laughs> the PA size. is ridiculous. Yeah, mind you, I think the technic the the technical crew doing the sound, they're probably it's a paid crew. Sure, sure, but it's I mean, even crew. it's a massive sound system, and it's ridiculous. But the, but they are obviously familiar with what this is, and they enjoy yes, that. So yes. it's not you're not going to a place where you're performing, and it's people who don't want the kind of no music sound that you're doing is, and most of the crew are people who have been here since since I've been coming here, so yeah. a good twenty years. Yeah. They've been involved. They know this shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and just they treated they treated well, and also just the hospitality in general. The the uh, behind the scenes stuff of playing a festival for me has been very nice, and everyone has been so welcoming and, and polite. Well, there's a strong sense of family here. Um, the people who run this there, it, it it's it creates like a little community. This this place every year becomes a a, a melting pot, kind of a. I like to call it the best parallel universe that exists because it brings around, it brings out all the freaks from all different walks of life, you know, brought together by the the common denominator this this weird sound world and uh, this yeah. wonderful free sound world and uh, yeah, it's a family. I mean, the, yeah. the the core people who run this show, it's it's a family, and they treat each other that way, and they deal with others that way. You know, you're not like you're not volunteering to get a job you're volunteering to partake in something that is greater than the sum of all parts yeah yeah and the thing it's very it's very cool and it's also i mean it started as a as a film festival as the name implies right and well the film components very heavily here with two different screens showing different films the whole time i think there's probably but more than five that somewhere film venues oh I yeah mean, there's a few around town as well I think okay i also host stuff yeah yeah as i'm here uh without transport and without knowing the language i i'm mostly sticking around the main venue of the festival but yeah there's there's a great uh polka exhibit that we went to yesterday at uh the bookstore okay right so um as in i didn't catch the question no, no i said there's there was a great uh, polka exhibit that we went to right yes yes well michelle who runs the the 
Hummus, a libraire, the bookshop, has been part of the Luff crew from the early days on. He's, he used to film stuff for Luff. His stuff is known as Moju Video. Probably some people have heard of it. He used to document all the Luff stuff, uh, which recently has been taken over by other people. But he has this great bookshop who hosts um, readings and uh, exhibitions. And yeah, Polka was there yesterday. And yeah. she's... Her work is lovely. Yeah, yeah really, yeah. really nice to see. So there's so much. It's you know a, truly like a multimedia festival here with all of the different options. Yeah. What is it that keeps you coming back here as an attendee year after year? <sighs> I don't know. It's it's a mix of things. I mean, the family part is is really something that I I feel belo- I belong to. Um, the passion with which they they curate stuff every year and the surprises that are involved every year i mean these people really have their their antennas out and they they pick up things that touch them on what they like regardless of trends or or and and you feel that i think in the programming every year there's there's you know one or two acts per night that just you know you go like holy fuck i didn't even know that shit like that existed <laughs> you know and your mind is blown repeatedly over four days and then of course having traveled traveled in these circuits and played music myself for a good amount of decades i get to meet people who i've met in all other different corners of the world here and they come together and uh, it just increases this i don't know tribal feel maybe yeah, yeah the best parallel universe really. <laughs> i understand that i do yeah. yeah and you you lit up when you got here yesterday i mean you you were just energetic. <laughs> I mean, every year when it's the loaf, it's just like I'm so excited already, you know, two or three days before and it's the loaf. And, you know, you check out the lineup, you do your homework, you read on who's, you know, playing and try to get a bit of background information. And then you meet all these people, you know, you meet once a year here in this place. And I get super psyched <laughs> about this. I mean, for me, this is a really amazing opportunity to to socialize. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, is there, as a longtime attendee, is there things you've seen change that you, over the years, that you like? Or a direction it's taken from when you were coming before? Or has it been fairly organic and just natural progression? No, it seems to, yeah. It seems the latter. It seems to have grown in an organic process. And, and while certain things have become bigger in scope, there, was, there, there is a core essence that just remained true to itself. I think that probably makes makes the difference. I mean, they've always charged very minimal kind of punk prices because they managed to get enough funding to, to pay the artists and, and their flights and travels and all that kind of stuff. So... Uh, they they try to keep it cheap and and I mean underground in that sense um, underground is always relative that term but right. um, well there are they, there's they, a lot of people here I mean you know I, like yesterday I I walked outside the venue because there were performances in a tent outside and also just in the main sort of uh, like garden area and mm-hmm. there's there were just tons of people all tons about people. the tons theater I watched Flux Gourmet yesterday and the yeah. theater was almost entirely packed. I mean, it really? was like, a, yeah, yeah. The, I think yeah. the back two rows were maybe like empty and, and then, you know, obviously some seats here and there, but it did not feel, it was, it felt like a mostly full theater, not a, not an empty theater. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, this is the 21st edition. I know people here who, who've been coming regularly for the last whatever amount of years and they come not from just next door, you know, some people travel, you know, across half Europe to just come here and be here every year. So it has a name, it has a reputation, it, it brings together, you know, people who are curious and interested and um, 
I guess that keeps on growing. And plus the, the tent you mentioned before. The yeah. tent is, is a bit of a novelty. It's been two or three years that they have this outside tent and it's run by a very different kind of, I mean, involved as well, part of the family, but a very young crew. Because I mean, twenty years into the game, you're you know you become part of the uh, <laughs> the old crew, I suppose. Yeah. And so there's all these new you know this young blood bringing in totally different angles, and it just keeps it really exciting and very kind of now. Yeah, it feels very now. You know, that's great. Yeah, they they'd mentioned that it's a sort of separate booking crew for the things that happen I, at the tent, and I think that's a nice way to do it too. Is bring in people who it can be sort of showcased here, mm-hmm. but it's not has nothing to do with the normal team of curation. And uh, as this is the first one, I'm still going to speak with some of the organizers and curators here. So I know we'll hear more about the sort of curation process. I got to hear about it, some of it the night I arrived about how uh, the sort of by committee and, and going through and figuring out how to do it, because there's a lot of people who volunteer here and volunteer their time to sort of pick what, what happens here and then to yeah. support all of it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the two backstage girls, one of them kind of lives backstage. She lives here for four days. She breathes and, yeah. and she, she's, she's, she is the loof, you know, in a way. <laughs> yeah. And she came from, I think, an hour and a half away, she told me too. So yeah. she doesn't live. She lives in the French line, part, so. but somewhere up in the boonies. <laughs> yeah. So that's, that's also a, an interesting thing. Yeah, people traveling and even the volunteers are willing to come from far away to be here for this event. Yes, yes, yes. And looking over the lineups of past years i mean i'm sure like you like myself you have a a ton of friends who've who've just performed here i mean you were saying right it's like a a big social thing and also getting to see people that from all over and likewise i've seen friends on the lineups for years and heard wonderful things about it and then actually being here it's like right well everyone's nice the pa is good things run on time uh there's the all the amenities you could hope for are here it's very comfortable yeah. um, and i yeah. imagine so as an attendee too i mean you're in a little bit of a special place because you're sort of grandfathered yeah. as performer so you're, <laughs> <laughs> you you know the ropes and and everybody to to talk to and such so yeah but i think even as just coming here it's there's such options if you don't want to see a band you can see a film if you don't want to do that you can hang out in the courtyard and talk to There's all these little spots outside where people can gather and, and meet and exchange you know i think that's part of the experience really yeah um, it offers all these platforms yeah what can i say i'm i'm obviously <laughs> very biased uh, when it comes about the love festival but i've it's it's the energy that comes together you know especially once you've been here for two or three days and you you realize more and more what it's about in its essence and the energy that comes together, this place, this energy that is spread, and the you know, it's 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 magic. It really is something very special going but on here. Even as a first timer here, it's noticeable. Uh, even just in my second day here, or technically third, because I got in the night before I performed, mm-hmm. and sort of getting to you know getting familiar with the people who run the place and everything. And it's you do you feel like family when yeah. you're performing here. Yeah. Everyone's very welcoming, saying hi. I was sitting at the end of the table eating earlier and. Uh, that some of the sound techs were like, come on over here and like sit down and just chat more. So like just very welcoming and yeah. Yeah. They make you feel good here. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and it has a different feel than a lot of other festivals, right. That I have performed on. And yeah, 
not in a way that I thought anything was wrong with those. But when you come here, it's like... I was just going to say, I've performed in many places that were equally wonderful and, and done with love and passion. But this place has something, I don't know. Yeah, it's a, it's a it's, funny, it's a palpable difference to it where you, right? you feel yeah. this, this sense of, of welcoming. I feel very at home here and I'm actually yeah. sad I have to cut my visit a little short. Yeah, yeah, uh, you bastard. Well, next time you know better. I, it's true, it's true. <laughs> Well, Dave, thank you uh, for speaking with me about the Thank the you for listening to my ramblings. Yeah. <laughs> thank you very much. My love to all of who are listening. <laughs> all right. Thank you. you. And I'm here with Francisco Marino, uh, formerly known as Frock. Yep. In, in the many years ago. And you're one of the curators of the Luff Festival. Yes. I'm one of the guilty men of... Yeah. This situation you're in now. <laughs> well, you invited me, so, so yeah. sorry, man. <laughs> it's definitely your fault. No need to be sorry. Uh, as I was talking with with Dave Phillips, who is a, you know a collaborator of yours, also a performer here, also a yes. friend, and also a just regular attendee <laughs> of this festival. It's the mascot of the festival. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he showed up yesterday and he was buzzing with excitement, yeah. and nothing had happened yet. It was like four in the afternoon, and he was just like <laughs> typical. Just love. <laughs> so I, I love seeing that and. There's such a good energy around around the festival uh, due to curation, due to the type of people that are coming here that are excited about cinema and experimental music. And it's really not a noise festival or it's it's the scope of what you've brought in here goes so much deeper and further. And that I think is in part due to what we were talking about the first night I arrived, which was uh, that this booking is sort of done by committee. And, and yes. so there's a sort of a board of people who all put in names and you all discuss them and everything. So how does that work? How does curating a festival of this of over four days with so many moving parts, how does that come together? Well, yeah, the, um, the curating process changed quite a bit through the years. Um, I've been one of the curators for the sound part since I think 10 years now. Before that, I was more like a talking with a main curator of festival at the time, Thibaut Walter, and giving names like, oh, I've seen this guy live. You should invite him and giving contacts. And then um, after a few years, he asked me to become a regular uh, official uh, Luf curator with the email address that I never use because I forgot the <laughs> password. And <laughs> so it's not very professional when I invite people. But yeah, so <laughs> there's two teams that actually mingle but not that much is i mean um there there's meetings every um every wednesday actually but uh, not year round though just when the festival is being no, no all year round all year round every yes, wednesday more or less every wednesday there's meetings with the core of the festival the people who are working all year for this festival and it could be you know once is as soon as we are done with the festival we take one week off and then we start for the next one you know like um have to count all the money we gain or we lost start to thinking about uh we can we can ask the same people every year for the money so it's a wrong process which i don't really take part in i never go to these meetings i only go to the meetings of curation okay because i don't have enough time to do that so the curating process now it's uh more or less six people are involved everyone brings to the table something some artist they enjoy or they seem live or only maybe just enjoy the music online or records and we have a first round of discussions 
And the first selection goes like that. It's really like a long, very, very, very long list. Everyone, we have like an online uh, list that we just add names and names and names every every time we have an idea. And then we just go through the list and it can, it can we can just like cancel someone, not cancel, but like erase someone from the list because um, it's already been played live in, this, in, the, in the area so often or uh, someone saw him, I didn't like Isaac because of that or that. And then when we start to getting like a more like in the 50 names left, we start to really like listen sessions, go to see online, if you find any uh, videos or listen to live recordings. We start to contact the first bands we're interested in, asking for more precise material, if they have like better videos or right. um, stuff like that. And um, at the end, the thing is where everybody has to like or enjoy the artist that I proposed, even if it's not your cup of tea. I mean, I'm not into this kind of a party arch techno core or sometimes we have, but yeah. I still like some bands and I thought, okay, this one has something I like. And when everybody agrees on the name, then it's signed off. Pin it down and they hope that the artist is going to be interested in coming in free and not too expensive. <laughs> okay. And so these listening parties, do you, do you do these in person when you get together and you guys listen to things? Yeah, together? yeah, we get together at the office. Okay, and we listen on the computer. On sometimes we set up the PA. Yeah. Sometimes we don't. We just accept the small speakers. Yeah, but always meet in person. Not everybody can come all the time, but there are always at least three or four. Yeah. Okay. And the creation team is uh, more and more half and half. I mean, uh, gender types are like guys and girls. Yeah. Well, it was a very thoughtful curation. There's a mix of, of sort of younger and more established artists here too. Um, some people who seem like they've they've been around for a short while or new formations of existing artists and stuff as well. So, how much thought is put into sort of that diversity when you're when you're booking the festival? It's not really a, a, a thought or an effort. I think it's it comes more organically because we are six people, but most of the the sets are programmed by four people. Then we have two, some people following around us and they propose maybe one concert or two. And um, we all have different tastes and also we all have different goals for the festival. And we don't agree a lot on what the festival should be. And that's because it's so special and mixed because if it was only me, it would be a, like a harsh noise fest. Or, you know, <laughs> right. But no, because then... Uh, Thibaut or Dimitri will say, no, but we need maybe something that will be still amazing, but will maybe attract more people than only white dudes in black shirts, you know? So it comes very organically. And I really like to, I try to avoid to invite big names. I try to uh, invite people that are never around or even people who's like, it's like their second concert yeah. and they made an amazing record or whatever. I saw them live once in front of four people and I was like, it was amazing. They deserve to have a, because I'm, as, as an artist myself, I had to wait many years to be on, involved in a big festival with such a great PA. And I think it's always nice to have the, someone super excited, which is yeah. maybe his seventh concert. And he's, yeah. he's here and he's like, freaking out because it's so amazing and he's just he brings actually so much energy with him rather than maybe having someone who's on the cover of the wire it will attract people but 
I'm not interested in that. But Dimitri is, or maybe Tibo are, because they have more also like the legacy of the festival in, in mind. I'm, I, I don't, I'm, I'm only interested in this year because I never, I always say it every year, I say it's my last year <laughs> to everybody. It's kind of, it's becoming kind of a joke, you know. I said, ah, you're going to quit. You said you, you, you will quit like 10 years ago. It's like, yeah, I know, but, but uh, yeah, so it's, um, and sometimes we have a little arguments about artists, yeah, and then sometimes we, and when you see also that someone really wants to invite somebody, it also makes like shift the, 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 the idea that people can have, have on uh, artists that they didn't like at first. And then you're like, oh, if you like him so much, should be something special. So maybe I don't yeah. know. I mean, it's the process that I do. If I, if I block into a, I don't know, like a Belgium a queer hip hop band. At first, I was like, "Ah, oh, it's not my thing. I don't like it." And, the, and the, the the person who proposed this band is really like, they're really amazing. I will go myself on my free time and check more videos and try to see what's the thing that evolves so much passion and energy. Okay. And very often, I change my mind. And I'm like, "Yeah, actually, they're great." Yeah, maybe at face value it doesn't strike you, but yeah. once you once you sort of try to understand yeah. it and get a little more exposure, it's also because we're the curators because we became friends i mean it's been we've been doing this for a long time and we know each other and it's yeah it's always in a good even there's some tensions we're very always very good mind and it's easy going and it's always fun to curate the festival yeah so it's, it's a lot of work so you've been involved you said for 10 years as a curator yes yeah, officially officially yeah. yeah but you how long have you been coming to this festival actually perform at the festival they invited me as an artist before uh <laughs> Everything. So uh, at the time, uh, I didn't know anybody from the team. I knew the festival. I came, I think, I came to the third edition to see, I don't know which band. Yeah. I don't remember. And through, I played some shows uh, in, in, in the area and I played a show with uh, the, the, the cousin of uh, Thibaut. Okay. Who was the only curator at the time. He really started the festival and it was only him and his friend for the cinema part. And um, I met his cousin because we played on the same evening and like a few months before and this cousin said, oh, this guy, Francisco, great. You should invite him to the festival. And what he did the, the year after. Uh, all right. So I played as Frog here, I think it was 2005. Okay. And then um, he, they invited me back, <clears throat> I think two years later to perform with uh, uh, Hiroshi Azakawa Astro yeah. and with Reiko. As me. Okay. Yeah. Great a trio. And, um, yeah. And then, uh, I started and we became friends with Thibault and I started to, because I was playing quite often in Europe, seeing a lot of acts. It was always like, oh, where have you been? Oh, I played in, in Madrid and I saw, you know, oh, I saw Francisco Lopez performance. Amazing. Of course we should have it. Here's his email. And that's how it was very yeah, yeah. simple. Sort of also maybe a little selfish, just suggesting acts you wanted to see here. Yes, <laughs> that's we <laughs> we had some selfish, but, but, but it's amazing. You know, I remember this one year we had this uh, amazing lineup because we had like all the guys from the the West Coast. We had like Daniel Menche, Scott Arford, Randy O, Infrasound perform. Um, um, we're talking about him the other day. Uh, Damon Romero and uh, 
Dave also had like a carte blanche, I don't know how you say in English. If when you're, they, we, we trust him to oh, yes. curate his own stuff. Yeah. We used to do that. So we bring like, you know, Rudolf Eber, <laughs> you know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all these events. So it was really like, oh, it should be like this every year, but not everybody was thinking like us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's sort of the good part about the committee though, is yes, that it doesn't yes. stagnate, right? It's yeah. 21 years and it keeps evolving. Yeah. Um, has there been things you've seen change over the years of working here that, that, uh, you like, or how, how have you seen the progression of the festival since you've been involved? Yeah, it's evolving. It's becoming more professional in a, in a, not in a bad way, but, uh, not in the way that interested me really, but yeah, I can definitely see that, you know, people have been working here for a long time and never get paid. And now they starting to get paid, which is a good thing. Yeah. But it also involves that, uh, maybe different choices and always have in mind that oh, we need to do the next one. So that's, I don't, I don't, I'm not saying it's changing the, the curation, the creation, the curatorial process, because I don't care about that. But, um, I know that my, if I invite this or this artist, it could also be, it never, it's never been, but it could become a problem in at some point for the future, you know? Right. And, um, so it evolves in this sense, like it's, it's not really become bigger because audience wise and everything is still about always the same, but it's well, it's becoming better known and well, more respected also by the, even the city of Lausanne who gives more money now, yeah. like an establishment thing. So it's, yeah, sometimes it's, it's, you know, it's like artists who enters in museums. It's at my point, <laughs> the beginning of the end, you know? Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, thank you for talking about the festival. Please. This is this has My been pleasure. such a nice experience being here. Uh, I'll probably say that a hundred times in this little episode because uh, everyone I talk to, I'm just very happy and, and excited mm -hmm. and nice to do. But uh, you also mentioned, of course, rock and performing here. So let's talk a little bit about your history. Oh, my history. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> when when did frock start? Uh, it started when I was a teenager, actually. I, I didn't like... I didn't have really any interest in, in, in music until very late when I was maybe 13 or 14. Music didn't really interest because I didn't know things that I like. Right. And, um, at the time, of course, well, no internet, no, no, nothing like that. And, uh, all the music I had access to was kind of, you know, commercial stuff that my parents will listen to or the radio. <laughs> and, um, at some point I started to work again, uh, record store because my parents were kind of a uh, sick of having me home and not working, not doing anything. So they said like, because I quit my, I, I study, uh, chemistry and then I quit and they said, okay, you have to find a job. You have to get out of the, of the flat, live <laughs> your own life. And, um, so I started to, um, be really more interested in music when I was, I think 15. 14, 15, and started to go to see all the shows in the uh, rock clubs uh, in the city. And um, I, out of boredom, I started to do music. So I, I bought a guitar and uh, yeah, an electric guitar and an amp, and I couldn't play anything. So I started to write my own songs, but really like pop songs. But I always was interested in, uh, you know, like shoegaze and Jesus and Mary Chain bands like that. They were the ones I discovered while working in the record store. Okay. And, um, I decided to put kind of a, which is now actually sound design into, into my pop songs. And, um, 
uh, very quickly had a contract with a label in Lausanne. So I had this kind of lo-fi pop music, some kind of you know, something between a crappy pavement or very well, very poorly played Sebado or something like okay. that. But uh, at the same time, I started um, to do all this. Um, I was adding like radio static to my songs and, you know, just to make them more noisy. And at some point I decided to start to only do this kind of noise, but I didn't know there was a scene. It was like 94, something like that. And I wasn't aware of anything. There was no scene. I mean, there was no con noise concert. I mean, not really. I saw a couple of them, but more in rock clubs and, and at some point I did some demo tapes and I give them to a guy who had a record store in Geneva where that was more, uh, he had some experimental stuff like the residence and, okay. yeah, yeah. and actually he, <laughs> he made me discover that there was a scene. I, he showed me a CD of CCCC. Yeah. And then there was like a explosion in my head. I was like, <laughs> oh, this is a thing actually that people are buying records <laughs> and it's a scene and he curated my first concert of this frog project. I, I mean, frock is very stupid because in a, it seems it, it sounds like pants in French. Okay, it's a slang for pants. A really silly teenage name, and I never thought it would uh, open me doors to play overseas <laughs> or whatever. So I really didn't think about that. So yeah, and very 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 quickly I become obsessed with that and stopped doing pop music. I did two albums, and after were they under the name Frock? No, well? under the name Slope. Okay. Yeah. And, um, and I very quickly, I don't really remember through, you know, tape mail, you know, I think you do that to send cassettes over mail. Yeah. yeah. So I kind of did that with a artist I like, I just like check the address on the, on the CD and you know, I sent, I sent like tape to Merzbau, of course. And okay. he sent me back, uh, like, uh, a, a little note. And I, I did one, I think with Lasse and Marag and I don't know really now I did one with, um, is it John Borges, pedestrian deposit? Yeah. 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 And um, he released my first cassette that was not self-made. Yeah. On his uh, label. On Monorail Trespassing. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And um, after that, just, you know, becomes, uh, you know, you continue just sending tapes and people are offering you to make a small CDR or whatever. And yeah. And at some point I... And more and more, I don't know, I think there's like something like 80 frog releases <laughs> between oh, wow. all formats, you know, like CDR, CDs, LPs. Yeah. And in 2009, I was really kind of having a problem with the stupid name. Also because some people thought, oh, it's frog. No, it's not frog. And uh, and um, uh, when I met Dave Phillips, actually, uh, if, I remember it was in 2001. I was just coming back from my first gigs in Japan. And uh, it was the night I came back home. My girlfriend was home with my friend Michelle, which is the book owner of Humus. Oh, yes. Yeah. And um, they told me, oh, we're going to see there's this concert in this squad tonight. And I was like, oh, I'm very tired. I just came back from Japan. But okay, yeah, fuck, let's go. Let's do it. And it was, um, Dave was playing with uh, One. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. What a so, good, of course, it was, to it to was, to. Yeah, it was amazing. And uh, <laughs> I mean, um, we clicked with Dave quite, I mean, we exchanged some records there and, uh, 
I remember he sent me a, an, an email or a text message like a few weeks later saying like, oh, okay, your CDR is not total bullshit. <laughs> it was like, a, <laughs> it was like, okay, coming from him, it's like a very good, uh, <laughs> positive thing. Yeah. And after that, um, I learned more about, there was actually some other artists in Switzerland doing the same thing. Because at the time I really don't, didn't know anybody. Yeah doing this kind of music in the late 90s, early 2000s in Switzerland or in Lausanne. Still, there is, there's a lot of improv, but not really of experimental noise. Or, yeah. yeah. And then, yeah, since 2009, I decided to, to change the two, just perform under my name, being a bit afraid that it would be a disaster because uh, I had some I had shows and everything on the frog was going quite well, actually. Yeah. But no, it, it turned out very... People, I don't know really, but people take it more seriously when you use your own name. I think that is a, mm. a thing. There's there's sort of two sides to it, right? Some people yeah. want a band name and some sort of uh, mystique and yeah. image to put around it. And some people uh, like projects that do that. And other people yeah. like, especially more art world sort of things, yeah. take it uh, with your own but name. But also, I think if I had a better band name, I would have kept it. <laughs> but this took me off. Pants. It's really, it's really bad. So. <laughs> uh, did anything change when you when you changed and when dropped the frock moniker uh, in terms of your procedure, your the music you were making, or was it was yes, it from yes. frock to um, your own? Name? I also dropped it because of, because of that because uh, until two thousand five, like ninety six, I think it's the first release. Ninety six until two thousand five, it was really pure harsh noise, really merciful. Japan noise and yeah. like uh, I was basically doing three albums and then just put one on the left side, one on the right side, one in the middle to have <laughs> this kind of super messy, chaotic, okay, very intense noise. And um, then I started to make music that was a bit, uh, I had this offer on Groundfall to make a CD in 2005, I think. And I was like, oh, maybe I'm going to do something a little less harsh noise and more um, like composed maybe. Yeah. And I actually quite enjoy it. So every record was less and less noisy, but for me, more and more extreme. I don't right. think uh, Arch Noise is especially extreme, you know? Yeah. I like when, and that's also, I think, an influence maybe of Dave. He has a lot of dynamics, you know? Right. Yeah. And I think it's something that I was like, yeah, we should explore more of this. Uh, you know, the more you go, you more meet, meet people and you, you know, new tricks and you learn, like, to listen in another way. All right. What's next for, for you? I have actually a bunch of records in the oven. I have records that are done that are supposed to come come out soon. I don't know exactly when, but there's a CD with uh, with Bob Bellrue. Okay. That's yeah. supposed to be released on Flag Day recordings. All right. Yeah. Very nice. There is a, a CD with Jérôme Notanger that's supposed to be released on IDO records and i have also another solo cd coming on misanthropic agenda in early 23 and um garrett's published a lot of your stuff yes yes garrett uh thank you garrett <laughs> <laughs> he really likes my music and he's always he never said no when uh, he was always like and when you have something solo ready just just contact me first and i tell you and he never said uh, no all right <laughs> So yeah, it's a nice know. relationship. <laughs> it's a good yeah. We did a record together, and uh, he's a good friend. Yeah, just too bad he is so far away. Yeah, 
But um, yeah, so yeah, that's more or less. Uh, I have other things coming, but uh, this is the more the things are going to come out soon. More, I hope so. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for talking with me about the fest thank and, you. and about your music. Uh, congratulations on your concert last night. It's <laughs> really amazing. Thank you. I had a lot of fun. Some people complained. Oh, uh, really? Yeah, I had dinner today with uh, some some curators from other other festivals, and they were like, "Oh, it was a bit too much." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, really? Oh, no, good. All right. They were like, finally, it was a, no, it was a perfect ending for the evening. Really, thanks a lot. Oh, well, my I'm girlfriend very was happy. really happy. It was, it was, it was like <laughs> she left quite when minutes because she was so tired, but she was like. I wanted to see the the whole thing. So, yeah. <laughs> oh, fantastic! Good. Uh, I had a lot of fun performing here and and just being here. I mean, it's just yeah. the the atmosphere is is very we'll nice. We try to, yeah, it's very comfortable. To we also th- we always talk about that with the the, the other curators that uh, we also see the festival not only like a music festival but because it's also mixed with the cinema, and we we try to make some bridges between film. Sometimes we do like. A, Performances that take, take part with cinema yeah, and the other scoring venues, yeah. or something. Yeah. And um, but the important thing is we always want to have like some kind of people can meet. We always try to invite people to stay, maybe not only the day of the performance, but stay like a couple of days if they can, because we think it's a good way to make new connections and meet people. And like you said, we can have like very legendary artists. Like this year, we have a. And the, the the drummer from Crass, yeah, you know, Penny yeah. Rambo, and like, and Duncan Harrison from the UK, who is mostly not very known. I mean, they can be in the same room, share experience, become friends, whatever. Maybe do something together. Yeah, and that's something that when I perform in other festivals, it's not like that usually. Yeah, I mean, I don't really have a memory of that. Something like that. Well, a word Dave Maybe used was... Maybe the hospital or something like uh, the noise fest. Right. Yeah. Yeah. There's, the, the, there's a, a different feel there too, mm. though. The word Dave used was family. And mm. I think that that's like even the way that the the sort of uh, artist meal is served. It's like artist staff volunteer meal, right? And it's okay. sort of family. Like everyone gets a plate and is sitting at these big tables and mm-hmm. just sort of uh, communicating. It's not... There's no sort of backstage or separate dining thing. You're sitting with all the other artists. You're sitting with all the people who are also working here. And like here, that makes the, the festival yeah. happen, right? Yeah, and yeah. you you feel you feel family. Uh, yeah. You feel very welcome and, and comfortable. Yeah, so. we actually have uh, people who are coming to see the festival. Like this year, like Luciano Maggiore, we invited him like two 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 years in a row for my performance. And now this year, it was like I'm coming with with my girlfriend from London. Uh, Stay the whole week. So, <laughs> awesome. Yeah. And that's a lot of artists that are coming back just yeah. to see the fest, just to hang out. Yeah. People like Dave, like Dave is coming every year. He's coming. Yeah. He's addicted. Yeah. It's like, because <laughs> he knows he's going to spend like a nice week here in Lausanne. And besides being at the festival, you, you, you know, we're all friends now. So you can, okay, let's go to the lake. Let's yeah. go to have dinner and, you know, come to my house, whatever. We yeah. went to the Art Brute Museum right. earlier Plastic today. So, yeah. You like it? <laughs> yeah. I loved it. Oh, great, wow. Yeah. What a yeah. what a treasure to have here. I mean, yeah, yeah. four floors yeah. of art. Uh, mm-hmm. I think I spent two hours and I, I could have easily stayed another hour. Yeah, it's amazing. I didn't even get to read everything, but I just tried to soak in the things that grabbed me most yeah. immediately. But well, the funny to come to Switzerland and then the thing that I like really freaked out is those those darger pieces there. Are like, yeah, too, uh, the, too the room good. was set up, the whole room. 
No, no, it was uh, just like yeah. a, of the first room. It was sort of a half area because they, they have the, the art when, comics exhibit on the first floor now. Okay, yeah, because I think when they don't have like a current exhibition, when it's just between exhibitions, and they have like a um like the, the collection that they have all year. Yeah, and they usually they have like a full room for the Redaga. Oh, it's amazing! Wow, really? like yeah, a very long pieces of drawing. Yeah. yeah, but you have to come between exhibitions to right, see that. Right, right, yeah. yeah. There was two. There's the Art Brood and Comics, and then there was uh, the mm. Lives one upstairs, which is mostly art made by people later in their life. Yeah. And that that no. was a whole yeah. fascinating room, too. Yeah, you should all come to Lausanne for the Louvre <laughs> and for the Art Brood Museum. <laughs> and if you're nice people, you can come to my house and have, we have a beer. <laughs> all <Okay>. right. <laughs> well, you heard it here. All right, thank you, Francisco. I'm here with... Thibaut Walter, uh, who is one of the, well, the, the lead curator of the, and yeah, director. For the, yeah, for the, the music part. The music end, right. And Julian handles the film end of things, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. And now I'm, yeah, curating with Dimitri. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Who, yeah, I should speak with Dimitri too, maybe, if he's, if he's free. But, uh, and you've been, you've been with Love since the beginning? Yeah, since the beginning, 2002. Okay. Yeah. That's a long, that's a long time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we were a little younger and uh, almost knowing nothing. Yeah. Because this is, uh, I, I was uh, doing some, you know, for noise for myself without knowing absolutely uh, all what happened in the past also. Yeah. Because in 2002, for me, I was trying things without knowing the long history so yeah just just feeling it out and figuring it out yeah. yeah and was when you started curating acts here was it always on the idea to have experimental acts uh at first we were three and i was really mm, young enough for me i wanted to 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 introduce things i really like more experimental i was organizing in a independent squat uh so some some experimental music but with the three at the beginning it was more rock garage and uh okay uh yeah so and more ele ele electronic music and uh yeah so it was interesting to uh, i was a bit shame of presenting experimental because they were older than me. Okay. Uh, so they were explaining to me, you know, <laughs> right. there is the garage night, there is the electronic night and then yeah. things. And I was trying things and they left. <laughs> and okay. the second edition, it was, yeah, All right. All I right. could try something. Yeah. Well, and it's grown to quite a thing. I mean, we're in the 21st year of the festival, which is quite a feat for any organization and festival that happens, you know, yearly to, to make it that far. Right. I mean, two decades of, yeah, two decades. Doing this. <laughs> I think it's, uh, yeah, it's a uh, transforming things and become, you know, embodiment of, uh, an experience that it's not just a festival. It's, uh, a laboratory, a starting point for uh, searching deeper and trying to 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 see, um, yeah, because because uh, each time we are invite uh, discovering people, yeah, and discovering their work and practices, 
discovering a world right. and their history. So each time it's pushing you uh, uh, further or in another direction you couldn't imagine before. So it's interesting to live with the festival because it's not just a big part of uh, my life, for instance, but it's also, yeah, going with the people I'm meeting each edition because with some meeting, I'm going to go in another direction. It's quite uh, uh, the politics of accident. Yeah. No, I understand that that happens doing the podcast as well, where yeah. we talk to someone and then we're like, oh, okay. yeah, they mentioned yeah. this person or they did clarity with this or they were, there was their entry point. They're like, well, we need to talk to that person yeah. now. And you uh, go through all these phases yeah. and, and you through discovering even be it a record or an, or an artist or whatever it yeah. is, or even just in passing conversation, it sends you on another place. So you're also yeah. learning from everyone that brings something here. Right. Uh, and uh, yeah, when the, uh, Mick Jandro uh, is saying that everything is moving. <laughs> I think it's kind of philosophy at some point. It's not only the building uh, moving, it's also everything. Everything. I mean, yeah. Everything is moving uh, all the time. And uh, I think uh, I'm really afraid of each edition. It's never a repetition because it's... Uh, I don't know what would be my life after an edition. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So... It's a, you are you are you putting yourself in a in the game and uh, you know like a dice he's years uh, <laughs> I spoke with you Wednesday and, and you had said uh, that you never know what the attendance will be you don't know you know there's not you don't really do pre-sale it's a lot of people come, just walking up and coming I think the pre-sale had started the night before you said so it's not even really a, a pre-sale it's like a day a day or two before um, but the door is open, the event starts. I mean, even before that, there's people here, you know, kind of that already know what's going on or, or part of family, like Dave Phillips or whoever that's already here. And the artists are here sound checking and all the volunteers. But then I walked outside, you know, at whatever 8 PM and, and they, the place was packed. It was very lively. Just, there were already, yeah. there were already tons of people here at what it felt like the, the start was, it was just mm. already a bunch of energy and a, that carried on through the night. So that was an interesting thing to see. This venue that we're in, is this, this is where Luff always happens? The yeah, always. Casino Mumpinol? Yeah. Uh, it's a strange history because Lausanne Underground Film Festival is taken from uh, sisters like New York Underground Film Festival, Chicago Underground Film Festival. So it was first a selection of movies and screenings happened there and a selection in another city called Vevey near Lausanne. And, uh, uh, a friend said at some point, yeah, I'm screening these movies. and uh, uh, But there is this opportunity in Lausanne to have it in, the, in a big building, an old casino who wasn't never a casino, but it's uh, from the 19th century. And uh, there is the Swiss film archives inside. If we can use their theater and uh, the, 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 their uh, cinema theater inside, we can have good conditions. It's great. So we move from Vevey to, to, to Lausanne and to, to have the, uh, with this partnership of this, this place. And there was this big cave downstairs. Yeah. So uh, doing just an opening and a closing night, it was, um, it was sad because there is this big hole empty the whole week. And I know. Yeah, yeah, let's do a concert every day. All right. Yeah. So it's funny to be here and really paradoxal in a, in a way because, yeah. yeah, 
it's in the center of a city with it's a really controlled city uh with a noise police and we we cannot do any noise in the streets uh, there's a long history in the country where every noises from any body or any manifestations are allowed in the streets yeah. and also really controlled in the, in the concerts and to be to do that in the center yeah <laughs> of a, of such a city well I, uh, I heard a rumor about the noise actually yeah that, that there uh, there is a strict noise and decibel limit here but i also yeah. heard that uh, there's a fine for it yeah and that that is the the fine for it is already planned in the budget for yeah the it's festival. planned in the budget <laughs> so so you it's not a question of if you know you're going to get uh, yeah, yeah, a citation yeah. and you just and, deal and with to, it today for instance they they already came oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> how can they issue more than one citation a day or what do they issue more than one citation a day or is it you just one for the day like, no, no, no. They always say that they will come again. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they really, yeah, make a pressure and things. Yeah. But we, we play, yeah, we know, we know how to, to do. Yeah. So we would do signals as they want and things. <laughs> and also going to the sound engineer. Yeah. I have to show that I'm going to talk with the sound engineer. Yeah. So, and I'm talking to the ears of the sound engineer and the sound engineers say that when I'm talking to his, his ears, yeah. he absolutely have not to listen to me <laughs> because, because go and never change any volumes on the levels uh, on, on, the, on the desk. Well, the, the volume here is, uh, I mean, it's very nice. The, the PA, yeah. you rent that. That's brought in. That's not normally. Yeah, here. I think it's in, when we are we're talking about budget. Yeah, it's a big part of the budget. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, a it's, massive. it's a it's a massive. It's too much for uh, such a space. Uh, there is Serger, the sound engineer. Yeah, we have, we are really lucky to to work with him since nineteen years, and because of this meeting with this guy, when he he understood. Uh, that feedback and noises, you know, it's not to avoid. And yeah. uh, he 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 was j just as uh, wise to to understand that it's uh, the cause. We <laughs> we we are doing something that's uh, uh, important for him, but uh, at a political level. And uh, he lets this big quality system uh, grow and he put all the time more even the budget is still the same yeah he's bringing all the time new stuff okay mm. yeah. and you've been working with him you said for 19 years so it's been the same sound engineer here yeah that's amazing <laughs> yeah I, 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 I think I'm really serious when I'm saying that the festival couldn't be what it is if this guy wasn't there yeah because it's at, at some point a uh, friendship or association of someone really that could bring really good quality as a system. Yeah. And with the confidence for the prices, because in Switzerland it's really, really expensive to have such a things. So he make half of the price and things and putting himself inside. Yeah. And uh, yeah, the, the, uh, today he told me about this story with uh, Zbigniew Karkovsky, for instance. Uh, it's it, it's really uh, Karkovsky came three times 
uh, first uh, the sound engineer didn't know about what would happen with with this uh, this guy Karkovsky, and uh, he put the volume really you he, he put a lot of, of, of fire protection like yeah. he said on on the <laughs> desk uh, uh but he didn't know what happens because he Karkovsky passed through <laughs> and and uh, he he said that Karkovsky were going uh, taking the power of the desk yeah. and it was kind of so they were fighting first and then um uh they they they, they were um uh, you know understanding each other playing with each other and uh, at the third time they were at the same desk okay so playing really <laughs> physically together yeah so it, it it was kind of a fight because there is destruction and then playing together yeah i like that i like that <laughs> yeah well serge uh who is the sound engineer here is, yeah. is really wonderful and sound checking and and also just hearing the performances and stuff i mean it's been from like minuscule and very quiet sets like portions yeah. of something like a hop that happened last night were like very quiet and and minimal performances and then like i was listening to kieran aurora soundcheck earlier today and it was just blistering i mean like absolute punishment on a system that large and the nuance of it and not trying to make the quiet things loud and also letting the loud things be very <laughs> very loud is is a, a really nice everything feels nice when you're in the room and, and sounds very good there's a there's a large stage there's a, a huge pa the room is yeah and set the, up and the dynamic you, you can you can really play like like to, today jean-philippe gross with will play and you can hear you know every every single devices and you can really play with you know this silence because there is super attention of people in and the audience because yeah. the audience is a big part of the festival i think uh they are totally into and creating the piece just happened because they, there is a bar there yeah. is you could talk you could just make some noise there is bad experiences of course but most of the time they are part of the tension and you can feel the small sound and the explosion in the same time so you pass in a dynamic dynamic you pass from a level to another yeah that's <laughs> physically it's not uh, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I think we we can talk a lot uh, about it, but yeah, uh, experiencing it is a different, yeah. a whole different thing for sure. Uh, something I experienced last night uh, is love absinthe. So uh, how how did that come about? There's you have your own brand. Yeah, because uh, no, it's uh, we're searching for yeah craft. Uh, uh, product that's uh, that are done in the in the area and the in the area you have jura and it is the mountain really close from here is the traditional tradition of absinthe okay and it was you know forbidden for many years and uh, they reached to transform a little bit inside the chemical aspect but now they can sell it and we they created a yeah we have done the, our own cover on it. And yeah. And how long have, has that been happening? 
How? That you've that you've had it here, the the love accent. Yeah, because because we are a close relationship inside with with the members of the the, the, yeah. the festival are really Jurassian and part of the, the of it. Okay, and and they are doing it. Did that start this year, or how, when did no, that start? No, since many years. Many years. Yeah. yeah. So we are we have a lot. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, it's normal when we have too much beers, uh, we start uh, absent. Yeah, okay. So it's uh, uh, a normal trajectory of, uh, of the night. <laughs> uh, so you also have a hand in in the music curation. Obviously, one of the the primary curators of this thing. Uh, what are your goals with curating the festival? Uh, first of all. It was more about uh, bringing sound that never exists here. And then it became more political. Uh, before it was just the artists. Yeah. And then it was, you know, transforming the mentalities and uh, and things. So uh, now I say I'm... I'm well, I, I was talking about the experience of being in the in this hall, but I, I, in the same time, now I'm really interested to uh, what what sound could open uh, to to two other dimensions, and uh, uh, not 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 focused on fetishism on on sound. Yeah. Yeah. So 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 I, I was into the fetishism of sound, and I think. The festival and things let me discover that we can go through the okay. sound and yeah, and uh, enter to other dimension of, of reality and political aspect of listening. Uh, who is occupying a space with sound? Who have the the right and the power to do sound and things? <laughs> and, and the relationship, I think, the power relationship of a PA like this. Yeah. In the city, I see. I'm part of the, <laughs> the, the this network of power, and so, yeah. so at some points, I'm more now into questioning what we are doing. Yeah, and at many levels. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, um, twenty-one years. Yeah. What's What's next? There'll be There'll be twenty-two. I'm sure. Yeah, we we since the beginning we say that it's gonna be the last. <laughs> it's a methodological uh, aspect. Is yeah. uh, is saying that uh, no, yeah, uh, we to 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 not be in, institutionalized. We don't go. We go. We, we start. We don't want to see too much further. Yeah, but uh, it's it's wrong, of course, because right. now there is jobs. We have created the job jobs three of. Uh, not full time, but half time jobs, and it's now we cannot stop like this yeah. because for the uh, these people, but also because we ah, there there is this little island and this community we're in meeting in the year really important. So uh, now uh, I think just to to keep going on and to to be really aware about the new uh, generation also. Yeah. Well, I think the, it's important. There's definitely a thought to the curation that does not just focus on sort of legacy acts or names that will draw. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff that I am just completely unfamiliar with here. And I feel like a lot of other people yeah. will be as well. And of course, it could be because I'm coming from America and there's only a handful of American artists on the bill. Yeah. But it's also uh, just in general, there's such a diverse booking and 
newer acts and and older acts. Yeah, and also, yeah, they, 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 there is. Uh, I'm really interested by what noise could mean at some or from a generation to another, <laughs> because. If you are only focused on sound, sometimes it could be the same. Yeah. But the meaning behind, it's totally different. Yeah. yeah. Definitely something that's changing these days. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I really like that. So so maybe from outside, it could be all the time the same. But I'm saying it's really interesting to see that noise is meaning something more. It's, I, I don't care about if it's now a musical genre or something like this i don't care because it could be something that's mean uh definitely and more than before a non-binary uh almost anthem you know uh of understanding the complexity of the world and the multiplicity of the bodies and the, the position and the political positions and things. So it's really interesting to to see that the meaning behind noise, how it evolves. And if you are talking about the future, for me, I think, yeah, <laughs> it showed us something yeah. from the future. All right. Well, fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for having me and thank you for talking with me about this, this festival. I've been yeah, having a fantastic so time. <laughs> Thank you. Nice yeah. extra. <laughs> I'm here with Mark Vernon, and uh, he performed last night, as as did I, I guess. Uh, and we're still at the Louvre Festival. How are you doing, Mark? I'm doing good, thanks. All right. Yeah. This is my uh, first time meeting you, and uh, I was really initially enthralled by your sound check, uh, which I thought sounded very, very intriguing while I was sort of getting set up <laughs> from high this, you know, the sort of benefit of that of like, what is this? I, I just wanted to stop and listen, but I had to plug in stuff. So <laughs> that's always a fun feeling. Um, is this your first time in Lausanne? Yes. Yeah. yeah. First time in Switzerland. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. How are you finding it so far? It's amazing. I mean, it's a beautiful city and a great festival. I mean, yeah. It's really well organized and some amazing acts. Yeah, the organization here is shocking. I mean, in terms of I've done a good few festivals and really things run very smoothly. There's someone, if you need something, it's taken care of. And uh, the performances have all been really intriguing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's an amazing program. Yeah, yeah, they do a really good job. Have you caught any of the films? No, I no. haven't. Re well, yes, no, I did. I, ca I caught the Peter Strickland film oh, yesterday. I, I watched which that was as great. well. Yeah, yeah. I watched it at home and not fallen in love with it and seeing it in a room with, I mean, that was a nearly packed theater. It felt it felt great yes. to watch and it was. And it, really <laughs> great audience reaction to it yeah. as well, which you, you don't often get as well. I yeah. guess it's that, that atmosphere as well of watching something together yeah and also being in a you know being in a theater where everyone knows what a flanger is <laughs> <laughs> right that was indeed the, the i i don't know flanger jokes are not going to get old with me so the <laughs> movie itself is great just for that uh all, we also uh, ran into each other today at the art brute museum yes which is a yeah. phenomenal collection of yeah and, it's incredible yeah uh, very very inspiring and I had a few friends that, that knew I was there that were like, ah, that place. I left so inspired and ready to get weird. And I'm like, yeah, it's really, truly a, a very like inspiring collection. And also just where else could that be? 
I sort of liken it to the Museum of Jurassic Technology in Los Angeles, which is has an equally strange collection of stuff, but it's not under sort of the collection of this movement or not even movement since it's also disconnected, but uh, this sort of style yeah. of art. Again, not even a style because everyone working within yeah. that is, is it, has their different. own individual yeah. style. Yeah. Very cool. Well, uh, this was my first experience with your work with seeing you perform. I mean, hearing your sound check and then seeing you perform last night, which was also excellent and sounded great on that system. So yeah, it's a great sound system. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're lucky. Yeah. <laughs> Very lucky. So tell me about, uh, how long have you been active? When did you get started? What's, uh, probably like late nineties, early two thousands. So, right. so like, you know, I, I didn't consider myself to have any kind of musical ability at all, really, and just kind of fell into it, kind of working with found tape recordings and experimenting a bit okay. with an old four track and kind of things just kind of took off from there, really. Yeah. I mean, I'd, I'd been an avid music fan and collector for a long time, but hadn't really made anything myself until that point. So all I right. guess kind of a late starter in a way. Really. Yeah. Okay. And so just an interest in experimental music and then starting to mess with things yeah. a bit, yeah. I mean, I'd always been like drawn to like music with samples in it and yeah. kind of extra musical kind of uh, content right, yeah. and like field recordings and things. So, so yeah, I mean, initially I just started making little kind of collages like on tape, like okay. just dubbing tape to tape yeah. and stuff. And, and then, yeah, things got more advanced as i went on yeah or were you playing in any groups or have you been sort of operating solo this entire time yeah yeah i mean i kind of started off in groups really um like this group hasslehound okay. which was kind of a it's kind of like off kilter kind of experimental pop really i mean it was like it was you know song based it was like a lot of samples and loops All right. and then instrumentation over the top and occasionally songs as well yeah but kind of weird and skewed still well there was a, a sort of song writing or compositional element to your set last night as well i mean i, I felt sort of different movements and and different uh pieces that tied together and that in a way that felt very collected like these these this group of sounds goes together and when you perform maybe this is sort of a group of sounds you normally use together is that right yeah, yeah, sort of. I mean, I, I guess kind of like working in like as a, with a musical group, it was me who did actually most of the recording and editing and arranging. Right. So that was kind of my boot camp, really, in a way. I kind of guess I uh, I learned a lot through that process and applied the same principles to to later work. I guess, even yeah. though it's. I was going to say less musical. It's, I don't really think it's less musical, but it's less <laughs> traditionally kind of musical. I right, guess. right. Less sort of song structured material. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I can. Yeah, it was. But there's I, still are elements of that that creep into it as well. I actually. found it very musical in the realm of sort of experimental stuff in terms of the sort of tones and sounds and effects you're using are, uh, it, it was very fluid and had, like I said, this compositional element of songs that I could feel in there that weren't didn't sound like or feel like necessarily a song because it's got some sort of traditional structure but just these groupings of sounds and, and the way they progressed and what what's your instrumentation i mean you had a pretty big table of stuff out there last night but i i saw 
So, I mean, I guess the main thing is um, laptop with MIDI controller and it's like a lot of pre-processed and live processed sounds, field recordings mostly. Okay. Um, and then um, a couple of dictaphones, um, like multi-speed dictaphones with loop tapes. All right. Um a fidget spinner yeah well that was sort of one of the sticking points of yesterday right is your fidget spinner uh, of all the pieces of gear to go wrong the fidget spinner malfunctioned yes, the least soundcheck. technically complicated thing <laughs> is the one that went wrong really but when i saw during soundcheck you were using it to sort of process your voice going into a microphone yeah it's more more actually breath kind of blowing okay. across it as yeah. it's spinning into the mic and okay. it makes this almost kind of like a slight kind of helicopter blade yeah. when you're talking kind of, to a fan same same yes, effect right? yes. yeah, okay. yeah 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 when did you start using fidget spinners it's such a strange thing to, to see someone pull out i think probably like just three or four years ago okay I kind of just tried it and it was like oh that's that's <laughs> that's nice <laughs> yeah it did it did sound nice <laughs> So, and I saw, uh, I think Ableton on the laptop. Is that your yes. primary software? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and really, I'm mostly using it as a, a big mixer. Really. Okay. It just allows me to play lots of different material at the same time yeah. and control it with the, with the MIDI controller. And I mean, it's a weird setup I have for quad. I mean, it's just kind of, um, bussing things through to kind of a front left right and a back left right yeah. and running everything through two separate mixers so i've got two mics two dictaphones okay and oh. so i've got a front mixer and a back mixer essentially yeah well that was the one of the first things i noticed when you were sound checking was that that you're in quad and which is something you can do on the pa here which is really yes, nice yeah four fully isolated channels that you can send to there if you so desire i would have to have uh, actually planned for that to, in order to utilize it. So, but you did, you, you worked yes, into it. Yeah. It was the, the intention from the start yeah. to, to do it in quad. Uh, and I've done a few quad performances and I'm kind of set up in the studio at home for doing that as well. Okay. So it's really, yeah, yeah, it's really good to be able to kind of practice that because the earliest, um, multi-channel pieces that I did I, I never actually heard them until they were performed or 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 uh, yeah yeah or, so, sometimes they were pre-recorded pieces so or until so they were heard yeah on the system <laughs> that, that that they were they were made for so it was uh, yeah a kind of surprise for me yeah. how things turned out I was you can with... predict quite a lot of it really yeah but, yeah. but there's always surprises as well I'm sure yeah uh, when <laughs> I was so I, th th speaking of this makes me think, uh, I actually have two sets of well, th three or two in my studio sets of monitors at, at home. And so maybe I should try to set them up in quad and start messing with it. Cause I just haven't really done that. And it would be nice to, to know what I can do I with another artist who's actually performing tonight and tonight's their first time performing in quad, but they're set up for, it, but they've been doing it all on headphones sort of to right. figure it out and kind of learn. And same thing after sound, you're like, that was different than I had expected <laughs> and kind of planned for, but it works. So it's only been a few times where I've performed places where that's sort of like directly on the table of like, Oh yeah, we can do quad here. And it's always too late for me to <laughs> kind of rethink what I'm doing yeah. in that realm. But I like that you've, you've done it before and it was, so it's not a problem to do, to do here. No, no. I mean, 
I think the last one I did was at Eclectic in London okay. like a couple of couple of months ago as yeah. well. So they've got an amazing sound system yeah. in there as well. Yeah. That's I think it's like sixteen channel. Oh right. Yeah. So I was sending them quad, but they kind of diffused it over yeah. the over the system. That's nice too. Probably have groups of they can yeah doing such yeah yeah very nice yeah that's that's one of those things i'd love to learn a little more about so ableton it it looked that you know there's sort of the two modes in ableton of the the sample bucket kind of thing and the more uh compositional song structure setup mode of it and you and not that i was trying to spy i just looked over and went, oh, that's ableton but it looked like it was in the, the more compositional mode of it so is there yeah. was there a flow to the piece you lay out in there yeah and so the other kind of yeah kind of elements that i use specifically for transitions between different parts as well yeah. and I mean, a lot of the things that I do live are kind of deconstructions and rebuildings of pieces that I've composed, but reusing the same like building blocks or samples in different ways, okay. and um, which is always fun. It's kind of I kind of quite like that that it's it's almost a, a kind of remix as yeah. well of things. A challenge to make the old sound new. Yeah, and there are a lot of kind of individual samples that i'm controlling but there are a few pre-mixed quad kind of piece kind of okay. yeah, kind of bits that yeah. i've kind of made because the the they would have been far too complicated like like the the bicycle wheel that goes all around yeah like all four channels repeatedly it would have been too difficult to kind of do that so that's like a fixed okay element yeah so it's kind of cheating a bit, but I don't think so. I don't think so at all. I think that's wonderful. I think it's it's actually smart to sort of prepare things in that manner as well. You also mentioned uh, processing and, and sort of pre-processed and live processed. So how much processing or or sound generation are you doing on the table versus in the laptop when you're performing? Um, it's probably more on the table actually, like some inbuilt effects from the mixer and. I also using this Alessis wedge, okay. like quite an old yeah. uh, effects unit, which <laughs> I, I love. And to be honest, I don't properly always know what it's doing, <laughs> but, but I like that, that it kind of adds a kind of unpredictable element to yeah. it as well. <laughs> All right. And for in the box stuff, you, you have some favorite plugins or types of things that you, you tend to gravitate towards? Um. I would say actually, like I use very few of the effects in Ableton. Okay. So a lot of what I'm doing is is pre-making like building blocks that may already be processed okay. in a way, and then bringing them all together and mixing them. All right. So not as much sort of in the box stuff. It's more just as a, a mixer and a base to yeah. the more complicated things. And, and the effects that I'm using are mostly. Um, like the the old plugins, like twenty year old okay. plugins. Yeah. So I still I still run a PC with Audition. That so I can I'm, I, mostly I'm mixing on on a Mac. Okay, but I run a PC. Yeah, using an older version of Audition, so I can use all the old plugins okay. that I love and have got so familiar with. Yeah, well, we've we've heard that in talking on the podcast with a lot of people who like had their old like G three MacBooks or whatever. They were just like. 
I can't get rid of this because it has this old version of Macs on it and these these plugins that I use. Yeah. And I can't. I'm not gonna. <laughs> if I upgrade, I can't use them anymore. So uh, yeah, that's <laughs> very fitting. Very fitting. Um. So we talk about fidget spinner and also bicycle wheel. Uh, yeah, I mean, other things is like a dictation machine. So okay. like kind of cassette, micro cassette dictation machine yeah. for secretaries that has a foot pedal so you can Did you ever scan through the recordings. Yeah. Oh, I didn't yeah. see that last night. Okay. Uh, so you can just like fast forward and rewind through yeah. things. Um, uh I think it's a, a Whisper 2000, like a little amplifier for people who are hard of hearing. Okay. So they just plug a plug a earphones into it. Yeah. And it has a little mic and it's literally just to amplify voices that okay. they're hearing, but it, it feeds back really easily and distorts. So it's quite nice to play with. Although the feedback was a bit more unruly <laughs> kind of than normal last night. Well, yeah, four different speakers to or sets of speakers to feedback on you. Yeah. <laughs> um, a friend of mine years ago lent me this sort of children's uh, spy, uh, like spy radar for listening at oh, a distance or yes, whatever, but yes. it was like a cheap plastic thing. But the feedback on that was like absolutely magical. So I have to imagine this thing is it's like not the same. Is it type like the of thing feedback. like the parabolic reflector one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. like the cone. Yeah. And it, but it was, I mean, it was very much like a blue plastic. It was not yes. nice. It was a children's toy looking thing, but it sounded absolutely amazing. And pointing it at something like a piece of scrap metal or whatever, you're already like rattling some chains on. And getting the feedback from it, but also that being mic'd, you get two completely different sounds out of it. And it was, yeah, it picked up. Yeah, stuff really a friend of mine had one of those. Like they, they sold them in the middle of Little Supermarket okay. for a while, kind <laughs> of, and uh, like very limited edition. Yeah. But I missed out on those. Yeah, very, it's very, very cool piece of gear that felt so <laughs> like you could break it by looking at it, you know, really flimsy, but really special sound. And I love that. So, you do a lot of recording with with microphones and field recording sort of stuff yes. for your work too. Yeah, yeah. I mean that, that's predominantly what I do really. Um, I don't generally use instruments. Everything is processed field recordings or found tapes. Okay, really. Yeah. And uh, what what releases do you have out now or like most recently? Well, in the last year, I've had four releases but, but it's kind wow. of i guess it's kind of like a kind of a covid kind of backlog right really yeah. you know these things were supposed to come out kind of before and there was a bit of a bottleneck but yeah. um so like time deferred lp on gagarin tape letters for the waiting room on psychotropes okay um they're both vinyl and then two cds uh, a world behind this world on persistence of sound and elsewhere is a negative mirror on granny records a greek label okay oh that's a lot a lot in the year yeah. <laughs> do you have anything slated to come out soon um trying to think there are things in the pipeline but i don't know how how far away they are all right labels have them but when they'll actually <laughs> appear i don't know uh being someone that runs a label i i know exactly how yeah that mind works. well i mean it's more <laughs> difficult than ever at the moment that's as well really to predict well especially you said you have two lps oh, on yeah that's well, one that i definitely know about actually is on the discrepant label and it's uh pieces made from pre-recorded slideshow commentaries from the like 50s and 60s all right so I've 
I don't have the slides. I just have the commentaries that were yeah. recorded to accompany these slideshows. And I've kind of created, tried to create little scenes, sound scenes to replace the missing images. So, all right. Interesting. But that'll be, a, I think that'll be next summer, probably. Mark, thank you so much for sharing your music with me last night and for uh, talking with me about your, your process and, and your history. Oh, it's a pleasure. Well, thanks for, for the chat as well. It's been great. Absolutely. All right.